0: The Babylon Project was our last, best hope for peace. A self-contained world five miles long, located in neutral territory. A place of commerce and diplomacy for a quarter of a million humans and aliens. A shining beacon in space, all alone
1: in the night. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year of the Great War. Came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations. The year is 2259. The name of the place is Babylon 5. Hello and welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 6, Chatsalon 5. My name is Alan, and as I look at you, Ambassador Magellan, I see a great hand reaching out of the stars the hand is your hand and i hear sounds of billions of people calling your name your friends no your listeners welcome to the podcast
0: sorry hey, man. sorry sorry alan there's just there's a hollow demon casting an <laughs> equation spell on my recording <laughs> i'm going to have to take care of this real quick
1: what was the line there's a line and I wrote it down too because I was like you're not allowed to say that line Lando malari <laughs> <laughs> oh he says a hollow demon has possessed my data systems like do not say those words Yeah, like, and then he normal. says
0: it just cast an equation spell
1: <laughs> so oh my stupid. God techno have the best freaking thing about this episode hello folks welcome to chats on <sighs> 5 the best podcast about Babylon 5 that is currently airing probably maybe. Maybe. Um, we don't want to get into this. <laughs> let's turf not, war. Yeah, <laughs> turf wars exactly. Um, for this week, we watched season two, episode three, "The Geometry of Shadows," and season two, episode four, "A Shadow Star." Is that what that episode is called? Is it really called a Shadow a Star? Distant, a distant star. A I distant think. star. You're right. I just have shadows on the mind. <laughs> a distant star. Yes. Uh, let's first talk about the geometry of shadows which was written by J. Michael Straczynski, directed by Janet Greek, aired November 2nd, 1994, and it takes place on Sunday, January 8th, 2259. But John, tell the kids what happened in this episode. I will
0: tell them what happened, sir. Thank so you. So you don't even worry about what, I, what I'm what i going to tell them, because I'm going to tell them. Anyway, you asked what, what was going on in this episode?
1: I did ask oh, that. I'll
0: tell you, and I was ready to tell you before. In this episode, while Susan Ivanova must contend with the civil war among the Drazi, Londo Malari confronts a coalition of mysterious techno-mages. Alan, where where do we start (laughs) with this episode... This, this
1: bad episode. This puzzle box of an episode. It's not that bad. Be it's nice.
0: stupid. It's the stupidest one we've ever watched. That's not oh, true. That's it's not like true. It's actually watchable stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead so, of some episodes which have been unwatchable stupid.
1: This is going to be a really fun one to talk about in the recap because it'll have to – it's one of those things where I'm like, so technically introducing Technomage just seems like a big deal – but if they don't come back, and this is the only techno mage, then like what? Then this is truly the most filler. Fill, like this is a filler episode to the point where Susan Ivanova, or Susan, I don't want really to keep calling her first and last name. Um, Ivanova is given commander a filler. Commander
0: Ivanova. Let's do that.
1: Correct the newly appointed commander Ivanova. Um, sure, it was
0: a little paternalistic. The scene where she becomes commander, but still pretty cool.
1: She's given a filler episode of Babylon Five for her own dealing. They're just like, hey, here's yeah. some nonsense that we don't have time in season two to deal with. You can just have this plot mm-hmm. and you can be the Sheridan of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um so let's t- I want to talk about that first, because oh, oh, the Drazi man, the Drazi are um well, they they tried something. <laughs> they did try something. <laughs> right. Uh there's a couple of um sort of like setups that kind of come to a head between this and the B plot um the episode starts with garibaldi being checked out by dr franklin i think yeah. shirtless garibaldi kind of looks like a young dr phil which is really not sexy at all it's just a like flat <laughs> like a non-stomached dr phil um, <laughs> uh that's that's sort of my my take yeah. and then uh oh. he's a, uh what's it called dr franklin is like you're getting fat as shit garibaldi get your life together
0: stop Ugh. eating carbs and he's like I, I, oh no no that's the next one."
1: Oh, is that the next one no but he yeah. is he is sure checked checked out, out. yeah yeah yeah
0: but it's this is the one where dr franklin is like does that hurt and garibaldi says no and then dr franklin just smacks him yeah <laughs> don't
1: lie to me <laughs> don't hate it when my patients lie to me yeah. i love dr franklin he's my favorite he's my favorite of the main crew he's great um, we also have the, the Londo setup, which is like, he's talking to this other Centauri. It's really fun to see another Centauri cause it's like, mm-hmm. you don't see that. Well, so
0: where do we want to start? Um, because there are a few threads. Do you want to well, talk about the drowsy one or you want to set it all up?
1: Well, I want to do it. I uh, set it all up and then we can talk about the drowsy okay, one specifically. Right. Cause that one's kind of like very, pretty self-contained. Yeah. Um, Londo meets with an, another Centauri while Veer is, or uh, yeah, Veer is like cutting his hair?
0: Yeah, just brushing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. brushing it. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that does have to get maintained at some point by someone. Um, and that guy is like, hey, so all the old men really want to like take the throne. Do you want to take the throne with us and at like on Centauri Prime? And Lando's like, yes, I probably do. If it doesn't mean that I get in trouble. Um, so that's kind of where his thing sets up, and then, uh, yeah. Ivanova is promoted to the position of commander because Sheridan is like, I don't have time for this. Like I'm very busy and like, I'm not a commander type. I'm a captain type. You should be commander. You can have the, like he basically says you're going to be a diplomat. Now I've bestowed upon you this beautiful, amazing position. Yeah. It sort of,
0: it kind of confuses the chain of command to Mm -hmm. me because I don't understand because Sinclair was the commander. But was also the captain, I guess. Right. And so now they're dividing the duties. Except then, what is Sheridan left with?
1: Yeah. What do you do as captain if you don't have you don't get to do the d- diplomatic solution stuff?
0: And then he's complaining in the second episode about how he's doing too much of the diplomatic stuff. I d- yeah. I just don't really get the division there.
1: It, it it's more a question of like they've never sp- explicitly said what each of the positions entails. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, Ivanova was lieutenant commander, and now she's commander, mm-hmm. and he's captain, but what does that mean? But he also right. still does diplomatic stuff in the second episode. Like, right. it's all over the place, I think. Yeah. Um. And s- so, she is assigned to deal with this Drazi conflict. There are a new race of people that are on Babylon 5, but at least we, the viewer, haven't seen before. Um. They're all, like, they're lizard men, basically, is the, like, the visual... Motif is they're mm-hmm. lizard people. Um and they're fighting each other a lot and they're getting violent, and people are worrying that it's gonna get like actually bloody and very violent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so they ask Ivanova to handle it. She talks to them and basically learns that they uh are split into factions. Uh they have a green and a purple faction. And she goes like, What's so uh that's cool. Like, what separates you guys is like class or is it like, you know, uh your upbringing or is it like a familial well, thing? So we have an equal number of purple and green sashes. And <laughs> we got him. we
0: put them all in a big bucket.
1: <laughs> we had a really big bucket. There was a sale at the Michaels on just like big sashes. So we bought it like a like a thousand count of both. And whatever color you got, that was your faction. And now we fight because you're supposed to fight people of the other faction. And she's like that's so easy just stop fighting and they're like no why would you ever stop fighting the purple guys they suck they're purple (laughs) and you're starting to get the suspicion that maybe they're doing a thing like maybe we're doing a lazy metaphor thing
0: right it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what they're trying to say Uh because this conflict is set up as ridiculous to the point that I can't really map it on to anything else. At the end of the drawsy kinda say, like, you guys have your flags. Right. It's like, yeah. So like it's, what is about nationalism? Is that what you're doing? I
1: think it's a catch-all. That's how I kinda saw it. Yeah,
0: but if you're trying to catch everything, then it means nothing.
1: <laughs> it, it super doesn't mean it. You're correct. All you're in saying
0: that. is like fighting is
1: bad. Which is the
0: show? <laughs> like you're just Which we doing already the knew the
1: that. Yeah, that's well. That's what the literal purpose of Babylon Five is. Is like, hey, yeah. fighting is bad, so we made a neutral space. You can't fight on the ship, for, especially for no reason. I think the, if I can try to play Devil's Advocate, what they're trying to say is we set arbitrarily arbitrary lines that other other people like and make villains out of other humans mm-hmm. unnecessarily, and all that's doing is creating yeah. conflict. Yeah. But like, yeah, I know that. And then what? Like Babylon 5 has this thing where it holds a mirror up to society and then it just punches the mirror with its big gloved space fist. And it's like, you saw yourself in there, right? Isn't that crazy? Now it's all corrupted. That's really sad, isn't it? Wow. Makes you think, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I know I know we fight a lot. Yeah, but because
0: it doesn't challenge anything specific, we're not challenged to see the ways that we're complicit in those divisions being created.
1: Yeah, man, and it's a little irresponsible to end this episode by Ivanova being like, all right, well, if if you can just wear a scarf to change your color, then if I wear the scarf, uh, wait, I'm the leader now? In that case, no more fighting. Da-da-da-da. Then you're just saying, like, then we could all we could all give this up if we just, you know, tr- l- tried each other's clothes on for a day or something. Right. Like, what, what? Yeah, it
0: just seems kind of simplistic. And then it also... More than making me think of things in American society, it makes me think of the way that sometimes our society views conflicts in other societies. Um mm. Like the feud between Sunni and Shiite Muslim people or something.
1: Right. Or even like Israel-Palestine.
0: Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Like whatever. And we're just kind of like, what? What's the big difference, you guys? Why are you fighting? Yeah. And... Yeah, it just is not <laughs> seeking to understand the Drazi in any way. It's just like, ah, oh, this is dumb. And yeah, it's meant to be comedic. Like the plot is meant to be funny. Of course. Um, and I think that Ivanova, it, it's enjoyable to see her flummoxed uh, and having to get people to play nice when that's not really something that she has done before in the show um, but it's just it's so throwaway. Yeah, there's nothing you can really draw from it.
1: You bring up an interesting point about like maybe it's sort of looking at how Americans look at other cultures and their differences, and how simplistic we do. But then it just makes fun of a right at the end. She's like, yeah, this conflict is arbitrary. So if I join in and if I interfere, then I can fix this, which is also fraught <laughs> if you think about it. But if it's telling us, like, well, you guys also make arbitrary differences between black and white or whatever, then, like, tell me what to do about that. And also, you need to acknowledge, if you're going to do this metaphor, you have to acknowledge the fact that we're not separated as a country because people are wearing different colors of clothing. We're not separated on arbitrary reasons. There are structural, fundamental reasons why things are the way they are. Even in 1994, when this aired, there was a lot of big political splits, and uh, you know, we're be- <laughs> the Gulf War is going on. Like, we be- we are making enemies out of other people, but it's because of like reasons beyond just they look different than us. Yeah. So that's why it bums me out to see this episode. It's like it's not like you guys were at a lack of things you could point to and make an episode about. And I think you can even do a funny episode about that stuff if you kind of take a minute to be like, oh this is bigger than us. We can't figure this out in one day. We tried to and we didn't even it turns out we didn't even know what was going on. There was so much more to the Drazi than we thought. Cuz now even like from a lore perspective though, the Drazi just look like look like big dumb dorks. Like hmm. if we ever see them again, we'll just be like, "Oh, those are the guys that killed like half their people cuz they're idiots." Like, "All right, great." It doesn't do a lot. Um and it tries to have it's like silliness Cake too cuz um this intersects with like Garibaldi getting back into the like his position as a cool cop um that moment where he rescues Ivanova and like speaking of Ivanova constantly being like lorded over by different men right she's given the position by Sheridan in a like you seem like you could use more work to do here you go here's a good job for you
0: yeah then she breaks her ankle
1: and she breaks her ankle which there's um production reasons for that but
0: well yeah she does so in, r- in real life so correct
1: and then uh she gets attacked and she seems like she's getting hurt by the going to get hurt by the Drowsy, And then Garibaldi gets to do this like goofy, dumb traveling salesman. Like, Hey, I'm here to sell you on a thing, but just shout if you need help. And then he like saves her day. And it's like, what what are you doing? Ballon five, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on yeah, guys.
0: I didn't hate it though, because the whole episode Garibaldi was like, do I want to go back to being a dude? Um, and like then, a cop guy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's not, the best way for her plot to go, but I still liked that Garibaldi got a moment where he made the choice to save someone.
1: Yeah, it's better Garibaldi character development than it is, I would argue, Ivanova development. Right, that's true. But she's given a position and that's good. Like she's given more things to do. Yeah. Uh speaking of Garibaldi though, there is like a weird side scene where he talks to this guy, Lou Welch, who's one of the other cops on Babylon 5. Uh-huh. And they're like, Garibaldi, we like, come on, man. We bought a cake and like we left it for like days. And then they, of course, Garibaldi has to make the fat joke. And he's like, they left a cake and you didn't need it already? Impossible. It's like, <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yep. That's cop humor. I'm fine with that. That's like this kind of like bro joke, joke. Um, yeah. And he's trying to get back, in, like he's getting back into being a cop and good for him. I guess I'm happy for him. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about Mr. Garibaldi. Mr.
0: Garibaldi. Mr. Mm. I like him.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mostly. I like,
0: I like that he's been humbled by the fact that he mm-hmm. got betrayed.
1: Right. Yeah. He has these like little more personal scenes where he's like, how if the person closest to me could betray me, then like, how am I supposed to be trusted with it? How can I trust anyone with anything? How do I do anything right? Right. I'm just terrible. I'm a bad cop. Yeah. Um, that brings us, though, to the sort of B-plot of the episode, which is, uh, so we talked about Londo making a deal with the other Centauri about the old men. Um, this is intersected by the introduction of a Technomage named Elric, um, a Technomage who they literally describe as, like, they do magic, what with technology? Did you get it? It's just that. They're doing, they're magicians, guys. <sighs> but they're, like, tech magicians. <sighs> The phrase Technomage is sick as hell. If I saw no, Technomage, not. I'll fight you on this. Technomage no is like something you'd see in a Shadowrun playbook, and you'd be like, whoa, cool, Technomage? Sure, yeah, bring it on. If
0: the whole world is about that, if the concept of the world <laughs> is like the kind of fantasy archetypes, but in a high-tech steampunk or uh, cyberpunk or whatever you want to do sure, sure. kind of world, then all right, fine. But this show cannot sustain that. (laughs) It doesn't belong here. So much so that That by the end of the episode, they're like, yeah, we're all leaving. (laughs) Here are all the cool things we can do. We're out of here. Goodbye.
1: Yeah. It's... The the show realized that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can't." It's just they, you know how in season one they would turn like a, they'd get a cool piece of tech or a weapon, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is too powerful for Babylon Five. Let's throw it into space." Yeah, they threw yeah. a whole race of people into space.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Technomages, who I, I, this guy, this this Elric guy, is very. He's playing it very extra. He's playing it very like yeah. to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like doing like Lord of the Rings quotes and uh going on all these like so long much. spiels about and then he's like i can stuff. you know i
0: know how to cure all diseases and like the 14 words that get someone to fall in love with you <laughs> and i can teleport people and it's like what 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 <laughs> what Why? is this and then he tells Sheridan he's like movers shakers dreamers makers that's what we are and then at the end of the episode Sheridan keeps ending episodes this way where he's talking to himself and like laughing about yeah, something like... that someone said. He's like, what is it he said? Movers, shakers, dreamers, makers. Part of me believes that like, <laughs> they're gone, but part of me still believes in magic.
1: Part of me uh, still believes we're going to get another show with a main character as a technomade. <laughs> in like seven years. Yeah. No, that's true. He definitely has the, like, man, this episode was pretty crazy, self. Yeah, he keeps doing that. (laughs) He's like, don't, we just watched it, (laughs) Sheridan. I know it's weird. I just saw him. Yeah. The funniest thing about the Technomages is is that he says all of this amazing, incredible magic stuff that he can do. And Mm. the only thing he actually does is he makes a hologram of a Rancor appear on the ship and scare Veer (laughs) and then scare Londo. Like, yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh sorry, dumb. he also hacks Londo's computer.
0: Yeah, right. With a hollow demon.
1: A hollow demon has possessed my data systems. <laughs> <laughs> uh and it made me it made his computer play Narn Opera, which sounds bad because we like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> like, Cause they have that exact same yeah. joke and, and yeah, it's great. Um so <laughs> also they just it's just, it's just disappointing to me to have this like really cool race and this really cool, like group of people who have all these powers and they're just played for comedy and um, sort of like mystical foreshadowing because um, they sort of like tease Londo because he records their conversation and tries like stealing information about them. And then they curse him to have like three goblins like cling to his back. And then they like (laughs) eat his clothes or something (laughs) And then the guy's like, yeah, I'll get rid of him. But anyways, here's this like really chilling line about how you're going to <laughs> kill a million people. It's it's a lot. The final line is, "Um, yeah, as I look at you, Ambassador Mariah, I see a great hand reaching out to the stars. The hand is your hand, and I hear sounds of billions of people calling your name. And then Londa's like, my 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 um, my um people? And he's like, you're victims. <laughs> like, Londa's going to do bad things. Guys, we, did you know? Did you know? We brought a whole character on the ship just to tell you that again. Uh, he also says, "Lando, you will spend the rest of your life paying for your mistakes. I could mm-hmm. kill you now, but somebody else would take your place. Which, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I. Yeah. <sighs> it's just, like, doubling down on all of the stuff that we already know. Like, Londo is going to have his life ruined. Um,
0: yep. He's going to cry.
1: He's going to cry. He's going to kill people. We're going to see him cry naked in a corner at one point. It's going to happen. <laughs> yep, 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 yep ew naked Londo what do you think about that John?
0: yeah I mean let's bring bring it on in it to win it
1: <laughs> is it just because you relate to him on a personal level and you're just like I'm down <laughs> give me that representation
0: <laughs> yeah I want to see him reach rock bottom
1: <laughs> I want to see him show his whole ass on Babylon 5 <laughs> yeah 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 for give sure give me that <laughs> I mean, um, me
0: I'm here. I'm interested to see where Londo goes i mean the one thing that's good that comes out of this techno mage plot is it shows the extent to which he is excited to overthrow his government and become yeah. like, the next big thing um so that's gonna go badly for him probably oh
1: yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, it has yeah.
0: to right and i'm excited to see exactly how badly it goes um, I was also thrown off that the Centauri guy he's talking to at the beginning is doing his accent <laughs> because we hadn't seen a single other Centauri who did it before.
1: Right. Veer does not have that accent. Veer doesn't have it.
0: So is it just like an upper crust kind of vampire thing? <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> Veer did has an accent. Job. Yeah. That guy didn't do a great job acting through the accent. It sounded super fake.
1: Yeah. It just was like, I am doing an accent. I, you're, you're right. You didn't, doesn't he doesn't sell it very well either? Because yeah. you can just commit to that and sell it, bet pretty well if you try. Right. Right. Antonio Refa is that guy's name. I thought
0: Veer was great in this episode.
1: Yeah, dude, that that whole that's my next note actually. Veer talking about fate and how it's like waves and we're carried by waves.
0: <laughs> I love that. And then Alonzo's like, that. "Shut up, Veer." <laughs> shut up. Uh, I was like, like "No, yeah, don't I shut in, him up." I believe in fate. I believe that there's good things and bad things, and the good things look bad, and the bad things look good. And it's all waves. And
1: yeah. Sometimes the good waves look like bad waves and the bad waves look like good <laughs> waves. And you have to take, you have to ride away, but you don't want to always ride away because it's dangerous. It's like, just stop, stop. You're me trying to do philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. And then he, uh, I think in that same scene, like takes a sip of alcohol. Oh yeah. Like Londo leaves his drink and like gets all angry. Like, no, I don't want to blah, blah, blah. And then veers like sip and then instantly passes out because he's a hero. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good comedy stuff. Honestly, in this episode, like a pretty funny episode. I'd be down to see more Veer. Oh, always, man. I'm telling oh, yeah. you, I'm telling you, listener. If Veer ends up uh, leader of the Centauri uh. Republic, <laughs> greatest show, greatest. I'd show. watch
0: an a episode that was only Veer and Lanier, and that's it.
1: Oh my god! Of course, of course. And they just it hang out. That's such a good combo that I'm I'd be surprised if we didn't get something like that.
0: I'm sure we will at some point. Yeah.
1: God, please, please give me that. Um, I did end up looking up. The only thing I'm I'm like being more and more and more careful not to look up spoilers now, but I Mm -hmm. did look up like, do the technomages come back? Because they were so cool to me that I was like, please tell me. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Yeah. They don't
0: (laughs) I'm not surprised.
1: To, yeah, again, to the point where like when they made Crusade, they were like, Come on, alright, okay, I'm sorry. Then let's let's <laughs> yeah, do this should again.
0: We, should we use this thing that we did?
1: They're like looking in a trunk full of old, unused Babylon 5 ideas and like, oh Technomages, shit, yeah, technomages. Yeah. Uh so I think like one of the main characters in that and then there's also like a tree a, tr- a trilogy of books about technomages. About technomages. But they're sorry. are they like canon? Who cares, man? It's books. I like books. Um, <laughs> let's take a quick break. Actually, we—I think—do we have an email this week? What the fuck was that? We can't just have bits like that where they fall into the into thought, the ocean. I thought you, the, you were gonna
0: follow it up. I thought you had another note.
1: I tried to. I tried to follow it up. I you didn't tried have to anything. swing it. It's okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, did we miss anything? We talked about uh, technomages and.
1: No, I don't think so. We talked about technomages. We talked about the Ivanova stuff. I hit all my important notes. That Drazi um, really,
0: guy was scary. The actor who was playing the green leader, Drazi. The main green leader, yes. Ooh, he was frightening.
1: Yeah, he's got a very intense,
0: like yeah, like a good hiss. He was too good as the Drazi for that the, like funny, stupid plot.
1: He's playing the opposite of uh, the other th- thing that the Centauri guy has where he's like completely committed to the accent. Yeah. It's like very much a snake lizard man. Yeah. Um Oh, and then there's a weird throwaway line from the uh, technomage where he says, "We would not have our knowledge lost or used for ill purpose." So that's where I thought when Sheridan was like, "Uh, maybe we will see them again. Like, maybe they have their knowledge used for ill purposes." Right. So it's just another
0: thing pointing to shadows are coming. Yeah, but exactly. Bad.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of uh, like reading spoilers for things. The the one email we got this week because our like schedule is kind of wonky right now because we're kind yeah, of Yeah,
0: like, we're a little, we're a, ahead of schedule actually
1: a beat ahead yeah so we got one email this one came uh, almost a week ago from our our friend Jonathan thank you Jonathan for the email it's a short one it just it says um, subject line dodging those spoilers mm-hmm. uh, every time you guys click on a seemingly innocuous wiki link in the middle of the live recording I catch my breath in anticipation of you stumbling into an epic spoiler. <laughs> Uh it's I'm it's I'm doing my best, Jonathan. I'm sincerely doing my best. Is that the whole email? No, the other okay. half is <laughs> the just some advice. Um the Lurker's guide for each episode. That. Yeah, well, no, yeah. the Lurker's guide was created contemporaneously with the original episode airing, so it's all it's always safe to look at the their Lurker's guide. Okay. Um so if you ever want to like read about the episode you're watching, just do that if you don't want to be spoiled. But John, how do you feel about spoilers for the show? Um
0: I try man i try mm-hmm. but i'm doing better than i've done in the past mm-hmm. like when we watched buffy as friends years ago i yeah. i ruined a lot of buffy for myself before we got to it
1: in like season two you were already like yeah, yeah. so he's like yeah have read seven. Whole,
0: i read the whole wiki and <laughs> yeah uh like xander gets an eye patch and it's crazy yeah yeah and then when we watched farscape i spoiled kind of a big thing yes but then it
1: was fine. I don't know. It it never is bad. It's never, like, actively harmful to you. I just want to have myself, like, I want to have some level of surprise that I can bring to the podcast.
0: Right. I think you know? the thing that it messes with is my ability to make genuine guesses. Right. Um, but... And do,
1: like, the prediction segments and the recaps and stuff, because it's like, well, I know. Yeah.
0: yeah so but it doesn't actually disrupt my enjoyment of the show very much. Oh because yeah. Because if I if I see a spoiler out of context, I just wonder how do we how do we get there? How does For that sure. happen?
1: Totally. Like yeah. the only like major thing that I remember getting spoiled early on was like the show eventually becomes like a war show. And I'm like, "Hell yeah, like get me there." Um, you know, I'm into that, but um it's like I'm I'm usually of the opinion that light spoilers that you find on a wiki, you can usually uh they usually just motivate me to watch the show more. Like I, I spoil like half the anime I watch when I start reading about it. But then yeah. it's like, no, I want to see them get there. Like that's re- like the the journey is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I totally get people who are like, you know, they. I I always pure.
0: am the person who reads like the last sentence of the book. Before right, right like, when you start yeah. right yeah.
1: You're like shit. Whoa, but how did I, how did we get to? right like Uh,
0: how does that make sense their their boats ceaselessly back the night (laughs) (laughs) whatever that here's i have the. i was gonna
1: do i was gonna do a mice and men you did uh the great so we beat on boats against the currents born back ceaselessly into the past so can i out myself i almost said you were quoting the great garibaldi
0: (laughs) 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 oh yeah let's write the fan fiction of that. That's the great
1: Garibaldi. That sounds
0: awesome. Oh my God. It's just He's Garibaldi's just... Gatsby. It kind of fits because doesn't Gatsby not really drink or something? Right. He used to or something. <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> Forgetting the specifics of classic American I've literature. I read that book
0: three times at least, if not four. I watched
1: the movie. I also watched the movie. Um, let's take a quick musical break and we will be back to discuss. A Distant Star.
0: Welcome back to Chatsalon 5. The second episode we watched this week was Season 2, Episode 4, A Distant Star. It was written by J. Michael Straczynski, directed by Jim Johnston. It aired on November 11th, 1994, and it takes place on Thursday, January 12th through Thursday, January 19th of 2259. Alan, what happened on A Distant Star?
1: Well, Magellan... Uh, I would like to state right now before I forget that we got the credits completely wrong for both of these episodes because I forgot to update them like a fool Really? Yes Alright. Can I go back and fix them right now as we talk? Oh yeah So, Geometry of Shadows, this is important to me and us as people who care about who made these things. They were both written by JMS Geometry of Shadows is actually directed by Michael Vejar. It actually aired November 16th, 94. These are, These were last week's credits. That's the problem and it took place um, January Wednesday 25th to Sunday, February 5th of 2259. Okay. And uh, A Distant Star was actually written by DC Fontana, not Ooh. by J. Michael oh. It was directed by Jim Johnston. It took place from January to January 30th to February 2nd of 2259, and it aired uh, November 23rd. So, sorry. Great. That's okay. Oopsie.
0: Thanks for the clarification.
1: Thank you. Uh, In this episode, an Earth Alliance Explorer-class ship commanded by an old friend to Captain Sheridan arrives at Babylon 5. Meanwhile, Dr. Franklin puts the command crew on a diet. (laughs) Mr. McGoogly, what what did you think of A Distant Star? (laughs)
0: Uh, I thought it was was good. Um, You know, it's not going to go down as one of my favorite episodes, but it's an episode that... Gives us some Sheridan development that I think is legit instead of the ham-fisted, look at this nice smiling guy and his dead wife stuff that happened last week. It's like, no, here's here's a man who had one vision for what his life would be like, and his life isn't working out that way. And he's got to deal with that. That feels more real to me than what they've been throwing at us. And it, I don't know, because I was into him last week and then the first episode of this week I was thinking, I don't know he's just sort of normal. <laughs> he's just <laughs> kind of handsome yeah and he's always kind of smiling to himself, man this place is weird and I you know I don't I don't want that from supposedly the main guy of Babylon 5. Yeah. the thing that was great about Sinclair is that he was serious. But he was just as odd as everybody else, and he was a little unpredictable, and he was passionate about stuff. And Sheridan is just like, it's a job. Just here doing a job. Um, That'll change over time, I'm sure. But as of right now, we're not getting a lot from this guy, so I appreciated that this episode gave us more to chew on. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, overall, I thought it was fairly watchable. What do you think?
1: Well, there, yeah, there's a lot to like between, you know, the the uh, Maynard character is pretty good. Um, I think Russ Hamlin brings a lot to that character, just like a familiarity with Sheridan and a friendship that I think he delivers a lot better than the sister did last week. Yeah, for um, sure. He's kind really of these...
0: he's kind of an odd. It's an odd performance that isn't totally uh believable all the time but when Uh you reminded me that he was uh the doctor from twin peaks yeah and it's like okay he's he's bringing Uh, kind of a twin peaks thing
1: (laughs) yeah he's bringing a strangeness to it um the really weird thing though is this episode is paced so strangely yeah um doc i can't want to say dr jacoby maynard is brought onto the ship walked around the ship given a tour has a whole arc with uh sheridan and then leaves yeah. 18 minutes into the episode hmm. mm-hmm. i looked at the time as I, I had taken like so many notes and then i was like oh my god this was all in the first 18 minutes like what's the rest of this episode right and it turns out it's just this like really slow but like kind of good cool rescue mission mm-hmm where uh the crew of his explorer ship are um attacked by or they're trapped in hyperspace with some bad guys um and they have to get rescued and so sheridan sends out his like zeta squadron Mm. to uh rescue them and it's this whole like we're gonna basically catapult them by like bringing them from one escort to the next escort and then they're gonna get pulled out of hyperspace cool idea very cool idea uh really hampered by the fact that the cg in the show is still very bad yeah like, yeah. and in this time, it's not even a question of like, oh, the 3D like looks cheesy. It's like, I cannot physically tell what's happening. <laughs> right, right, right. There's right. a lot of orange portals. There it's,
0: there's that part where they're looking on the screen, the crew of the, uh, the what's the ship called?
1: I don't know what the actual ship is called. Uh, the Cortez.
0: The Cortez. The crew of the Cortez is looking at the fighter pilot guy. Like mm-hmm. oh, he just keeps shooting in one direction. Why is he doing that? And it's the screen of the 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 little choppy looking three mo- D model of the ship flipping over and over and like pew, 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 pew. It looks so silly really really they
1: It really does. Yep, and. Like it's it's all hinging on this this whole like them watching this happen and you're like I don't really like I'm I feel a big dissonance yeah when characters on the show are watching CG things happen and being like I really hope this works out because oh god right um, and then it contrasts against the fact that like the ship itself is a really cool design mm-hmm. it just doesn't move well because it looks like crap because it's the 90s and we're watching a bad cut of the show unfortunately but like mm-hmm. yeah that it, it's a bummer because like that is such a big chunk of the episode. And it only works because the first half is, uh, you know, all of this dialogue between Sheridan and Maynard about like, you know, you used to do more things and now you're working a diplomat job and now you're in politics and that sucks. And when are you going to get back to, you uh-huh. know, doing the things that you love? And then Sheridan's like, I don't know what the things I love are. Um, It's starting to seem like maybe one of the themes of this season is like. Uh, figuring out not only where you belong, but, like, accepting that, like, you, you are where you belong at all times. Mm, yeah. And then, that like, that question is kind of futile of, like, trying to get out of your space where it's much easier and healthier to, like, carve out a niche within your own space.
0: Yeah, that seems to be what Delenn is is forwarding, is, like, we are where we're meant to be.
1: Well, yeah, and, and it seems like more of a long-term thing, too, because Ivanova is... uh, Everyone is getting back into positions and kind of, like... Re-examining the positions that they're in Garibaldi is like, "Do I still want to be an officer and Ivanova is like understanding how difficult it is to be a commander and mm-hmm. like uh Londo is <laughs> learning what it is to be cursed to be owned for the rest of eternity <laughs> yeah. uh Keffer is becoming a character on the show, okay. unfortunately. can
0: we talk about Kefir let's just
1: climb right into that Kefir ship and just pull <sighs> him out and let him die in hyperspace. Whoops,
0: okay, so they put him at dinner again. With yep. the main characters talking to them, and gave a close-up shot where he was like, well, "Yeah, you know, what what happened then? Who are you, dude?
1: Whose man says this? Who Someone, please you? come collect your man's."
0: And then they're gonna give us this shot when we're going around the circle of the pilots who are looking at Sheridan, and they frame it so that like you Keffers in the foreground, in one part of the the thirds rule of yeah, thirds yeah, yeah. space, looking at Sheridan. Who are you? Who is this guy? I don't <laughs> want the show to be more about like the pilots, the fighter pilots. Pew 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 pew. It's not why it's... I watch this diplomacy show.
1: Yeah, like, and it's not even that. It it's just he has no character. Like, I know this show is gonna become a war show, and like, if you're gonna do a war show, then like all of the all the human drama is what makes the good war stories good. The reason people like Saving Private Ryan is because they spend a lot of that movie just like with the soldiers hanging out before they all die. Right. right we are just introduced to Keffer as if he's like the perfect special boy who is like who basically fails upward into the pilot, like the captain of the main squadron of babylon 5 because yeah. his superior is killed in the attack his superior ray gallus this like cool black dude who's just like i'm a cool mustache, pilot I, yeah. I have a great mustache i'm destined to die oops i died yeah. <laughs> And then Kefer's like, I guess, I guess I can be on the show now. <laughs> like, what, why? Like, give me something, guys. Please give me something. The I, yeah. I cannot give you any description of who Kefra is as a character. I just know that he has gotten this position out of like necessity pretty much. Right. And it seems like everybody else likes him. I don't know why.
0: I think part of what makes me resentful of him is that we see so little of some of the other characters who are to us main characters in the show. Yeah. Like I don't want more Keffer time to take away from the chance that Lanier could be in an episode <laughs> <laughs> and right, that's what's happening. Are. It's, it you know, it's a, it's a zero sum game.
1: That's a good point. It's, it's different from like when you see uh jewel or jewel on Farscape jewel. What's her name? Julie. <laughs> Jehul? <laughs> oh my god! What are you what's saying? the what's the redhead from Farscape's name? I need to know right now.
0: Oh yeah, what is her name? It's I, J. The thing that's coming to my mind is Jewel. Ju- it is Jewel. Juhani, who is a character in Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Yes, it's it's Jewel. Jewel. Her name is yeah. Jewel. How do you spell it? She had it? a J O O L. She had a longer name. Julushko tunai fenta Havalis, Remember? Jewel. <laughs> the point is for people who haven't watched Farscape, Escape Jewel was a character introduced in season 3 of that show like the sec- the penultimate season yeah. and just kind of dropped in as like she's a main character now and you're like wait what why like I already like everyone else so I don't want to like a new person Yeah. and eventually it came to work because they gave her plot and they gave her a reason to be on the ship and they made her a character and they haven't made Keffer a character yet so he's just kind of there and we're expected to know who he is and to understand why he matters and he does not Matter. Really matter. No, I don't care how much you tell me, like, okay, he's a heroic fighter pilot. He survived the shadow attack. Blah, blah, blah. Like, No. No, 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 no. Don't give me that. Don't put... Babylon 5, please don't give us this really final, like, triumphant shot where Keffer is, like, hosting a toast to everybody on the main cast. I like, know. yeah, it's me. I'm on the show now. Don't, don't do that. It just bothers me that they...
0: That nobody is like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, the fact that he just kept having dinner with them when he was just a guy. He wasn't even the leader of Zeta Squadron yet. He was just a dude who was hanging out
1: with them. If a listener or if the show at some point told us why everybody knows Kefir, would you be okay with it? Yes. Okay, fine, listener. That's your challenge. Tell us why we were supposed to care about Kefir. How do people know him? Is he just random? Is the show trying to force a new character on here? Because I don't know. I've I've tried to write stories with characters before. I understand it's hard to do introductions, but like, this is bad, right? We're not weird. In twenty eighteen, looking at this character, we didn't
0: need to see him before this moment.
1: No, no. I don't know. Like maybe this would actually be an okay introduction for him. Of like your captain died, now you're being put into a position. Like it's again, it's the like learning to accept your position. I guess I am the captain now. Now, (laughs) sorry, I can't say I'm the I can't (laughs) say the captain now without Uh thinking of Captain Phillips.
0: (laughs) They really ruined such a common phrase
1: and just the yeah everyday phrase like the cap I'm the captain now. Um, Speaking of everyday though, there's other plots in a distant star uh for example the crew is put on a diet i love this plot dearly with my whole entire heart
0: it's wonderful
1: it's precious and pure and funny and good (laughs) that's it period (laughs) next topic no it's uh, franklin is like garibald you're getting fat as shit my guy uh i I cuss once per episode now and that was my one you're gonna
0: get a freaking heart attack my dude
1: yeah please stop uh and he's like but i want to make my banya cow dub come on anchovies
0: what Yeah, he gets so mad about anchovies.
1: anchovies, Which I understand as someone who's trying... I'm trying to manage my sodium as well. It's very important. So, like, anchovies are bad. Um, So, uh, Garibaldi is put on a no-bread, no-salt diet. uh, And then Ivanova also comes and he's like, you're, like, too fit. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I keep an incredible workout regimen and I eat exactly perfectly all the time. He's like, you need, like, more... You need, like, weight on your bones, actually. Because you're iron deficient and your bones are your leg is not going to heal i like the continuity of um yeah her leg is still broken mm-hmm. uh, also we didn't mention this but her leg was broken because the drazi knocked her over and she fell on her foot which is just a silly way to be like now for two episodes right and you're like but i guess because yeah the claudia christian like actually broke her leg and they didn't want to take her off the episode so mm. that's cool um, and then
0: this weird exchange happens in her her checkup
1: Oh, yep. Yeah, oh, where Ivanova
0: yep. says, Figures. All my life I've fought against imperialism. Now, which, okay. All right. Okay. Now sure. suddenly, I am the expanding Russian frontier. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't... This does not fully make sense, the words you've said. And then Here's Dr. It, yeah. Franklin says, moves his head, looks at her, but with very nice borders. Get
1: Shut up, Dr. Franklin. What? Don't ever be horny, mister. What? Don't ever be horny. Why didn't you
0: ruin... Our perfect boy. (laughs)
1: Why would you ruin our
0: sweet boy with such filth lines?
1: Don't even, even as like a, like they cut away from the, like I worry that it was the actor being like sneaking in a last line as they were cutting away. Richard Biggs was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be naughty. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's just a gross line. I think the, I am the expanding Russian front is really funny though. frontier
0: it is but it uh, i don't know like i've spent my whole life fighting against imperialism i guess except you're part of like the space military so <laughs> really
1: <laughs> so uh ex- explain this to me yeah yeah right.
0: i don't really buy that you're fighting against imperialism
1: Hmm. anyway uh and then uh delen gets like a sexy checkup from uh franklin and i like this it's moment just where everything
0: that she does now gonna be sexy because she has hair is yes. That, is that how we're going to play it? As a show. Absolutely. All right, That's,
1: great. Yep, yeah, they're great. Great work, guys. Cool. Um yeah, Dylan gets a sexy checkup from Franklin and then she like she's like, "Oh, when is the ambassador coming on the ship?" and he's like, "What?" Like Ambassador Banya Kauda and he's like, "Garibaldi." <laughs> Garibaldi. <laughs> Cuz Garibaldi goes so far to cheat on his diet as to have one of the, the, smuggle the cool
0: ingredients,
1: yeah. I really liked that character. He reminded me of Have you seen Die Hard? uh uh-uh. uh there's a character we should watch die hard this year it's a fun movie around christmas um it's uh there's a character in die hard who's like the limo driver Mm -hmm. or whatever uh who like takes uh the main guy to the nakatomi plaza the first time he's like i'll hang out like he's just like i'll be right back And he's like i'll hang out for a while i'll wait for you and just every once in a while they cut back to him like chilling he's just this like cool dude in a in a limo um this guy, that Garibaldi, is like, I will pay you if you can bring me o- olive oil onto the, onto the ship so that I can make this delicious dish. <laughs> and then he gets caught by Dr. Franklin, who comes in and yells at the guy, which, hey, good green, good flags, uh, mm-hmm. Babylon 5, for having two people of color talk to each other on your TV show at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <phew. laughs> When it happens, we knock on wood, because that's really, like, good job. That's a rare one. Um, so he, he smuggles, he takes back the, the stuff, and then Garibaldi's like, "Come on, come on, just once." And then Gar- uh it's my Franklin's birthday. Like, <laughs> my dad's dead. It's my birthday. Yeah, and like <laughs> I seriously I'm shocked that was true, by the way. Yeah, I th-
0: it was Didn't 50 joke like, that he was like lying. <laughs> but I'm glad that it was real.
1: He says like my dad made this food for me and would work so hard for it and clearly that was where how he showed that he loved me cuz he would never show it otherwise. And then Franklin buys that and I'm like,
0: "What?" <laughs> yeah but it was true i think
1: but yeah there's no evidence that it's not so i think it is true yeah franklin and him eat the the snack together it's just like oil fondue it's olive oil fondue basically um you put like olive oil and garlic into like a big bowl and then you dip vegetables and bread into it Hmm. which like that i mean that seems kind of yummy i guess it's an italian thing i don't know i'm not italian Hmm. um and then uh so everyone is on this diet. There's another good comedy scene where they're in the restaurant and they're eating dinner and they're eating eat, like you know, one of them is eating uh, like the he- uh Ivanova's eating the heavy dinner, Garibaldi's <laughs> eating the light dinner and uh Sheridan is eating like the medium dinner and they all like swap plates. Yeah, that was cute. And then they swap bit of back. It's a character comedy. Oh yeah, good physical comedy too with the, like yeah. the swapping and everything. Um and then it just one of the weirdest like side moments, there's so many side moments in this episode because it's very like unconcerned with its main plot until the end when it's only yeah. concerned with its main plot. Right. But you get uh, Delenn um, talking to Sheridan because Sheridan's like, I don't know if I belong here. And then, well, and then he
0: sent those, like the fighter pilot guys died. He feels guilty right. about it.
1: And he says, it's my fault and I'm bad at, I'm bad at my job. And then at first I really liked Delenn's lines here. Um, because they are the classic JMS style, like everything matters. You're all a purpose. Purpose is mm-hmm. what you make of it. Like just telling us what the themes are. Yeah. And then she has that whole line about like the molecules of your body are the same molecules that make up this station and the nebula outside. We are star stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Is she doing Carl Sagan? And she's literally directly quoting Carl Sagan cosmos. Like guys, yeah. you don't just do that.
0: Yeah, that really made it fall flat for me
1: you can have those exact same ideas without literally lifting the line from cosmos
0: (laughs) because the thing that's great about Delenn is that she's wise in a way that sounds weird (laughs) that you have that we haven't heard before
1: yeah and now she's just quoting real life pop culture like relevant like it's like a family guy quote or something like or a cutaway where it's like yeah remember carl sagan used to always say that thing here it is yeah in direct quotation and Whatever. it's This is good advice to Sheridan. It's like, your purpose is what you make of it. I get that. Great work. Yeah. But
0: And then Sheridan goes to Ivanova and he's like, hey, you ever, you ever talked to Delenn?
1: <laughs> have you seen her? She's got hair now. She talks about star stuff. With
0: Ambassador Delenn?
1: She's pretty hot. She's pretty hot, <laughs> huh? Uh, and and Ivanova's like, I agree with you.
0: They basically had a moment at the beginning where Maynard is like, Yo, yeah, Sheridan. What's
1: up Have with you that? that? What's up with her, huh? whose Whose romance is that? She's like, she's a cutie. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you doing that? She's. He's like, Nah, dude. Should I? And he's like, Dude, go for it. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's very fratty. Like, I, I. What's What's that girl? You guys got a girl on the ship? Like, <laughs> yeah. anyway. But I yeah I digress. Um, I like the then... part
0: where I just I don't know if we're gonna talk more about Delenn in this episode, but towards the beginning where the membari guy who's representing like the other membari on Babylon 5 goes to her and says we just don't know if you're if you're membari anymore. anymore so we can't really cuz she's like all i expect is obedience and he says yeah 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 if you're a membari yeah
1: but, but if you're not I, then I, you have no authority yeah and it's weird cuz he's not being like directly cruel to her. He's just like this is a question we have and logic states like the Membari are very logical people like if you're not Membari then I don't believe you anymore. I don't try, I don't have any reason to do what you say anymore. Yeah. I know I should. I don't want to say no, but like you you don't look like it anymore. So Yeah. Like what does that mean? And I think yeah, that's a more interesting way to take the Delenn stuff than like she's hot, let's date her now right which Curious they're still to going to goes. do yeah but they're still they're still absolutely going to be like let's let's get a, let's go for a long walk on the space beach sometime <laughs> right uh and then the, yeah there's like the classic Babylon 5 like 17 endings like they free the guys from they free the cortez from the hyperspace jump mm-hmm. the guy the, the other guy dies he sacrifices himself uh Kaffir gets promoted um they eat the bionic together yeah a
0: lot of Kind of cliche stuff happening in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. like
0: they say it can't be done. I don't. I don't need to remind you that it's never been done. <laughs> they say this like nobody's ever done it, but we're gonna try. And then they do it.
1: Right. That's from the scene where he's like pe- doing like a pep talk for all the Zeta-wing people. Yeah. That whole scene was just like cliche after cliche. Yeah. Unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the like you're being put on a diet just kidding you're gonna cheat on your diet is kind of a cliche plot
0: yeah but it's fun to see these characters do it
1: yes and it's in 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 this context of like we literally have to smuggle olive oil and that's like kind of cute yeah so that works but yeah and then the last scene is the one you talked about where ivanova comes in and shared it's like hey so the lens like cool (laughs) (laughs) she's got like good ideas about stuff um and yeah i think that's it's pretty pretty much, it, much what we got, yeah.
0: And then we saw more of these like scary shadow things, yeah. And who knows what's up with those except that they're mm-hmm. evil, I guess.
1: I think I saw, and this is Lurker's Guide material, so this is not uh spoiler material. Jame is confirming that uh Morden is not a shadow himself, Morden is a human. Ah, uh, okay. He was like, Morden is human. I want people to be under completely clear on that fact. Morden is not one of the things that he's working for. I see. Like, mm, thinking, thinking, thinking. Mm. But uh, we press onwards. We're kind of getting into the swing of things. We're kind of like, we're getting into the yeah, big we're, stuff.
0: Yeah, we're setting some foundation.
1: Um, the next episode sounds big from what I've heard. That's oh, what I yeah. said. Yes. You want to know what it's about? I do want to know what it's about.
0: Okay, fella. Well, I can read you the summaries of the next two episodes we're watching.
1: Debbie, awesome. Thank
0: you. week, we are watching the following two episodes of Babylon 5, Season 2. They are Season 2, Episode 5, The Long Dark, and Season 2, Episode 6, Spider in the Web. The Long Dark. An old ship arrives from Earth with two bodies. I don't know. That That's means. all it says? Yep.
1: Oh, the wiki one should we read the wiki summary we can what does that say you get, get a little bit more an ancient earth sleeper ship arrives on the station carrying with it not only a human from the past but a black and terrible soldier of darkness interesting <sighs> then we have spider in the web
0: a killer stalks talia and he he's already murdered once aboard babylon five
1: so, like, really intimidating horror, like, main plot episode, and then cyber zombie.
0: Yeah. I I really want to get to episode seven and eight, because those are some exciting summaries. So, I'm sorry for looking ahead, but uh, let's get through next week so we can get to seven and eight.
1: Oh, shucks. Uh, yep. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you a plan. See,
0: you see all that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you see what I'm looking at there, Chief?
1: I, I certainly do, sir. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Great. Let's thank you, Majon. Let's take it to the plug zone. Shoop. If you'd like to follow us online, you can check out twitter.com slash chatspod where we post episode updates and you can ask us questions over there. If you have other longer feedback, you can send it to chatspod at gmail.com and we love reading your emails. Uh, you can also rate us five stars or whatever on iTunes. Just give us a review if you want to write us a review. Uh, that's how people discover the show. It's a really good tool for that. Yeah. And um, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do so by heading to Patreon.com/slash/ChatsPod, uh, where you can uh, back us and send us a little bit of money every month, and uh, you'll get some bonus content. Like uh, two dollars, you get movie commentaries. Um, we watched uh, Shaolin Soccer for our December movie. Super fun, very fun time. Yeah, watch a mm-hmm. film with all your friends with the Chats boys. Uh, $5 a month, you get chats nights where we just, it's kind of like the stuff we talk about before we hit recording episodes and we made it into a podcast, uh, with a little bit of structure to it. Not much. It's like a shorter one and it comes in every two weeks. It's good. I like to think it's fun and good. Yeah. And
0: people haven't really taken advantage of this yet, but that's a space where we'll literally talk about anything you want. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you know, slap a couple dollars our way and tell us what you want us to communicate about, and we'll do it for you. For sharks,
1: you. yeah. Um, we uh, we're always looking for more ideas for for chats night stuff because otherwise we're just like I guess we're gonna watch YouTube videos and like tell talk about our feelings yeah, or
0: we'll look for, for like hypothetical questions to talk about yeah. or things like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh in lieu of the usual podcast plugs uh, of our own stuff, we do Chatsums here where we recommend you do or see or experience something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Magellan, what is your Chatsum for this week?
0: Well, in the spirit of uh, Garibaldi enjoying some delicious Italian uh, food, I ordered some Italian food that arrived, Part with through our record here. So, I'm about to have some, uh, some pe- fettuccine with uh, shrimp. It's going to have a little... Uh, pesto on it it's gonna have oh yeah it's gonna have a little artichoke in there little cherry tomato. uh it's gonna be good i mean just get a just get some pasta you know and enjoy that (laughs) or make carbs or make some pasta it's easy it's it's easy peasy to do i mean Mm -hmm. you know one of our best dinner times memories we've ever had was when Mm -hmm. we you know with our our friend jim from high school, we went to his place and we made ourselves a fettuccine alfredo with chicken and broccoli in there.
1: It was freaking delicious, and so it's just fun. Cooking is fun, mm. and Italian make, food is make something for delicious. yourself. Make yourself some pasta.
0: Put whatever you want on that thing.
1: Toss some meatballs in there. Maybe a little bit of spice. Yeah, whatever. My you mom, want my mom recently uh, started making two new dishes. Uh, one of them, one, one of them is uh, penne with. Mm-hmm. Uh, buffalo sauce on top Ooh. and some chicken Ooh. Uh, and a couple of like different colored peppers some red and green peppers huh. in there it's a very good spicy dish and the other one is uh i don't remember which uh like noodle type or whatever it is but it's a softer one with um some sh- some fried shrimp and wow. some black pepper on top it's very spicy My mom well, makes it very spicy but yeah the cool thing about that kind of food is you can make it as like spicy or just take or savory as you want. It's very free ink. Um cool. My uh chatson for this week is another sort of low key one. Um I'm not gonna recommend a specific video game, but I'm gonna recommend a practice for those of you who don't usually play video games, which okay. I think a right you know, rock on, but um if you ever like been interested in these sort of longer RPGs that people always talk about your final fantasies, your dragon quests, your star ocean, your mass effect, whatever. Um, most of the older ones, most of the older iterations of those games have, uh, like PC versions that are pretty easy to run on anything and have like cheat codes basically. Yeah. Um, and so something I've been doing in the last couple of weeks is I've been playing through Final Fantasies 8 and 10. I just finished 8 and I just started 10 yeah. um, with, like, no random encounters on. Like, turn random encounters off and turn, like, invincibility on in case you have to fight bosses. Yeah. Just, and you just experience
0: it, the whole game without having to worry about the, like, death stuff.
1: Yeah, Without without even having to engage with the video game part. Like, you're basically just walking through like a novel like playing final fantasy eight i felt like i was reading a book every night because it's Hmm. just like i'm gonna read some dialogue that's fine um it's a little bit more engaging than watching a let's play because i know a lot of people are like i don't want to like just watch someone else play a game it's like you're still walking around you're getting to know the characters you're seeing them in all their permutations but the part where it it has to be hard because those games are not like final fantasy eight for example is like not designed to be played by people it's the kind of game where you don't cast spells you have to like collect spells and then use them on enemies and you know, it's just arcane and weird in ways that aren't They They were designed for you to play when you were 11 and had a whole summer. Hmm. But now if you just want to enjoy the story, just like throw some cheat codes on, get yeah. cheated, get to cheating Jeez. in video games yeah. specifically. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, And yeah, just cheat, cheat through all your old video games. They are all usually pretty cheap and, uh, and cool stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That dear listener is going to do it for this episode of chat salon five. Peace.